Hey, this is Mike Goldberg, the voice of Bellator MMA. Join us right now for MMA FanCast. Today on our show, we are joined by William Tucker, who just uh, improved to 4-0 as an amateur at 135 in a great fight for Cage Fury Fighting Championship. Um, a little over a week ago, on September 21st, he fought for uh, Cage Fury Fighting Championship. William Tucker, welcome to the show. Uh, thanks for having me, Luke. It's great. It's great to have you on the show today. Congratulations on staying unbeaten as an amateur and uh, climbing to 4-0. and um, You fought a tough guy who was actually on a six-fight win streak and was 6-1 and one as an amateur, and you finished him in the first round. So congratulations on a great fight. Thank you, man. I'm just a product of my, my coaches and my teammates' hard work. So, Well, let's start it in with that. Uh, obviously, it's always great to look at um, the fact that you might fight in a cage by yourself, but no fighter is by themselves. They bring their gym, their team, their coaching, their conditioning in with them. So start there. Who, what are your main gyms or gym, and who are your main coaches and training partners? Start off right with um, kind of your, your foundation as a fighter. Uh, so my main gym, my trainer, is uh, Extreme Evolution, or EEFC for short. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I train at Renzo Gracie, Philly. Uh, my coaches are Daniel, uh, John, and uh, Mike. And my main sparring partner is uh, Kenny Richmond, Pat Sabatini, and a mm. couple other guys, man. But when we, us three and Cam, we usually spar with each other the most. So sure. I got a couple. Well, I got a couple hard guys in there to do. Absolutely, absolutely. If if our if our listeners don't know, I I knew the name Pat Sabatini. I know him and. He is a real, real huge stud, 145 champ, pro champ for CFFC. Yeah. Uh, he was supposed to fight on your card. Unfortunately, his fighter didn't didn't make it, and so it got canceled last minute. But um, he's an absolute beast, and I think he's at the point where Pat needs to be in the UFC, and, and hopefully that will happen soon. So uh, best wishes to him. And clearly one of the things that you're pointing out is that your camp matters. Had you ever trained anywhere else, or is this the first gym you trained at? No, uh, EFC is the first gym I ever trained gotcha. at. And, yeah, like you said, Pat, should be up there soon, man. Yeah. He gives me the most trouble in the gym. So it's my training camps are just brutal <laughs> with that guy in it. So it's Well, absolutely. Time. And let's talk about that. You know, as an amateur, you were you were 3-0, and and you, you agreed to take a fight with a guy who was 6-1 and one and had lost his debut. But other than that, was on a 6-0 streak so where does that confidence where does that confidence come from from you as a fighter and your coaches and your teammates to say yeah we're going to take a guy that as an amateur six and one is a, is a pretty good record obviously three and oh is great but that's a bit of a step up in level of experience so what what made you say yes to that fight 
Oh uh, yeah, just shout out to Zach Kings, man. He's a, he's a good fighter. He's a great grappler. Uh, mm-hmm. Just the just the pace and the, uh, the work we put on on the mat. Like mm-hmm. I get everybody that I step in there with respect, and I don't know, man. Just the training partners, man. They just get me ready. I get beat up and go through the most adversity in the gym. So mm-hmm. we always prepare for anything. Well, you definitely are, and it showed. You got a first round submission late in the in the first round with a guillotine. Walk us through sort of as an after action. You know, now that it's done and it's been a little over a week, walk us through that that finishing. Whatever led to that finish, walk us through um, that that finishing series there at the end. It was about maybe 15 seconds to go, um, under 20 seconds to go in the first round. What led to that guillotine? Um, yeah, uh, so me, uh, one of my jiu-jitsu coaches, uh, Brett Leinbarger, and Daniel Gracie have been actually working that guillotine for a while now, like like four months prior to us even getting this call for the fight. Um, so I already had in my mind I wanted to get a submission win because I got two other sure. finishes. I got a TKO mm-hmm. and a KO. So I wanted mm-hmm. to show some adversity. And I know sure. he's a grappler, so it looked good. He's a r- really great grappler, actually. Um mm-hmm. So I already had in my mind, like when I got the call for the fight, that I wanted to get a submission. And it just so happens, uh, like the last 10 seconds of the fight, I think he shot like really low on my ankles. And I mm-hmm. just saw my opportunities, hopped on that neck. Got the finish. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's a great mindset for you to have, William, is that something that I bring up a lot on this podcast is, that MMA is its own unique sport. It's not kickboxing where obviously you're limited to strikes. It's not pure wrestling where you're limited to grappling. And it's not jujitsu where you're limited to like a sub only situation. What's very important with MMA is that you're well-rounded. And I think sometimes we, we hear that said, but what you're talking about is in your amateur career, focusing on getting well-rounded obviously a ko is wonderful tko is wonderful and, and so is a sub and so is the ability to win by decision you know those are really the the four main ways of winning and i think in mma it's important to be able to do all of them so that way particularly if and when you go pro you're, you're not uncomfortable with knowing how to put somebody in a submission right you don't really want your first submission win to come by pro if it does it does but you'd rather develop as an amateur so that's a great attitude to have speaking of developing as an amateur um it's important for our audience to know your your amateur debut fight was february 2018 so you're still under two years as far as when you went pure amateur how long before february of 2018 did you train for mma like what led you to take that debut fight and then obviously in under two years you've had four fights four big wins against good opponents and you're really setting yourself up well so take us back to a little over two years ago what started you training um what led you into training how long did you train before that first fight oh uh, so we actually started like mma i always wanted to uh yeah. do uh boxing and like mm-hmm. contact sport like as a kid sure. and i'm the only boy i'm in the baby so my mom uh, never really met me, and I was uh, in my last year of high school, um, 18, had a job, and I was just like, let me Google MMA gyms by me, like I'm old enough, I can sign mm-hmm. myself up, and uh, EFSC was like probably 10 minutes mm-hmm. from my house, went signed up, fell in love with it, I wasn't really fully committed, I was just doing it to do it, I was doing some other stuff I shouldn't have been doing on the street. Mm-hmm. Almost sure. lost my life, so that really pushed me to 
ex- go in there and uh, mm. do my best and actually try. Uh, so that happened. And I've trained for like a year and a half. But like I actually tore my TFCC in my left wrist. Mm. So it pushed my uh, fight, my first fight date back. So I had to take like six months off. Uh, got back into the gym, back to the swing of things. I was actually still training because my coach, John's a little thrown off. So I was training in a cast, still in the gym sparring, <laughs> like Jeremiah Wells in a cast with one hand. <laughs> and that's never a good idea, standing in front of get that guy, man. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, I, I uh, trained for a year and a half before I took that first fight. Uh against the uh what's his name uh peter garecki uh mm-hmm. won that fight by uh unanimous decision so, yeah. and that's actually another thing to point out that you, you your, your debut fight was a decision all the other fights since the three have been finishes as you said a ko a tko and a sub so and i do think for your first for your first fight as much as everybody would want you know a 10 second knockout for your first fight in MMA because it is so such a variety I think a decision in your first fight is actually kind of a good thing because it gives you a lot of mat time gives you a lot of cage time um particularly when when you've never had sort of that that background so you didn't wrestle or do anything of that in high school uh I wrestled for two years but I wasn't really good I was mediocre sure um I had a I want to say bad wrestling coach. It just it wasn't really mm-hmm. focused on me. Sure. And like yeah. that, like as a team aspect. So I was just there to do it. Sure. I, I really well, say, you know, uh, one of the that my wrestling has grown since then. Sure. That uh the first fight uh, I watched the we go to my first fight and then watch mm-hmm. the rest. I feel like I've definitely grown since that mm-hmm. first fight. I actually set my feet now and actually throw. Instead of just touching people with combinations. So I'll definitely sure. learn for you, but Absolutely. And I think a big thing, obviously, you had mentioned earlier when you were talking about taking your fight that you had gotten into some trouble on the street. I'm glad to hear that you're first alive and doing well and making better decisions. And I think it is a big part of MMA to get committed. I think a lot of people show up to gyms like you did. It's it's pretty great that you didn't have a friend that invited you. You didn't have a coach or anything like that. You you actually Googled, found a gym and, and kind of were self recruited, so to speak. So I think that's that shows your drive and then and then making making a decision to make this something that you want to pursue. But what are you doing currently? You're you're young. What are you doing currently to make ends meet? What's your current job situation obviously you're training a lot you're taking these great fights you're undefeated you're fighting um in atlantic city for cffc a big a big regional promotion that sends a lot of guys to bellator or to ufc and some of those big bigger promotions so how are you keeping that balance and how are you finding time to train oh man it's always hard when you got to work a full-time job because uh i'm not where i want to be right now like so you know i want mma to be my full-time job but yeah, I'm not there yet. Uh, but I actually work uh, security and maintenance for uh, a hotel. So okay. overnight, I work 11 to 7. So that allows me, like, give me some leeway. I come home, take a two-hour nap, go right, right to the gym, practice hard in the morning, come home, shower, eat, go back to sleep, wake up at 5.30, hit the gym at 6, come home, and then go right to work at that. <laughs> right. So. It's a little hectic schedule and CFFC, yeah, man. Uh, I want to give them a shout out too. 
uh, yeah. actually giving me a shot to fight for them. And Rob, Rob Deerdeck, for you know, mm-hmm. taking me under his wing. Great dude, just to be be around. So. Yeah, no, that is that is great. And since we're talking about CFFC, um, and and they really run a great promotion and your fight as well as the the entire card which was santella guy we've had on this this uh podcast sean shorty rock had a great win against blaine shoot and so it was it was a really cool card but that whole card was was on the ufc fight pass um which is a great great thing for you a great thing for cfc as well to be connected to there um at this point obviously you're four and oh and i actually i actually thought that fight was for a title and it wasn't um when when is that going to happen do you have do you have a conversation do you have a goal to fight for an amateur belt is that something that you want to get on your record before you pursue higher well shout out to the rock i actually got to watch a lot of his fights and he fought uh two of my uh no one of my teammates so yeah he he's a good grappler too um uh, yeah but no that fight that was fight was uh for the amateur belt uh at 135 great Great. I, I blame Tapology. They don't have it listed. I thought it was for a belt. I told you when I was asking you to come on the show, I called you champ yeah. and said, great title win. I, I was for sure it was a belt because that's what CFC said, but I blame Tapology. Although on this podcast, we love Tapology. They put up great stuff. So thank you for whoever put up Tapology. But usually they list it and they did not list it as a title fight. So I apologize. So what was it like fighting for a belt given, given that opportunity? Oh uh, man, it, it it's the same to me, man. It it okay. it won't. I won't feel it till I get that USC type fight. Like mm-hmm. this is what I'm gonna do. This is how I want to see my family. I'm actually about to have a a son in a couple oh, of weeks. Congratulations! Got, like, wow! Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So, actually, we uh, I'm trying to get on that November card too for CFFC. I think it's the uh, 16th, I believe, of November okay. as a pro. So we'll see. So you're at the you're at the point where you'd where you'd like to to go pro. You're you're at a point where you and your camp think it's time to debut, and that's what that's your thought process. Uh yeah, because I feel with the amateur rules, you know, MMA is fairly new still. I still feel like yeah. a little limited in uh sure. in the rule set. Like we can't throw head kicks and stuff. Uh, actually, that's how I got my first knockout. Uh, was in New York with a head kick. So. I felt right. like a little limited with my striking. Cause I'm a striker, but I, I'm a freestylist. I think I like to flow when I fight. You know. Sure. So. Yeah, and holding yourself back. Some of our listeners will know, Pennsylvania and New Jersey have fairly limited rule sets when it comes to amateur. Virginia, um, their amateur rules are basically pro rules. There's no real limitations. Yeah. New York also has. So, were you allowed any type of ground and pound in your most recent fight? Uh, the my last two fight there was ground to pound. So for CFFC and the last one, uh, when was that? Like I think it was like about two months ago. Okay. Two, three months. So you were allowed. I know in Pennsylvania you're allowed if you're advanced amateur, which is over three fights and at least two wins. But there's still no elbows. Have you been allowed elbows on the ground, or still just just punching? No, I'm just yeah, just punching. Just punching. Right, and so I, I agree with you, William. And, you know what you're talking about is as a as a person who is a striker who wants to flow, having to hold back, obviously head kicks, which you've done before in a fight, and knees to the face and elbows. That's a lot of striking dynamics that obviously will flow. Um, if your if your baby's coming, are you are you looking to get that fight in before your baby comes or right after? 
Uh, actually, the her my uh, girlfriend's due date is two weeks prior to the fight. So hopefully everything okay. lines right. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, hopefully it does. You, you definitely, you definitely show a lot. William of what amateurs, and this is one of the reasons why I love interviewing the, the amateurs as they, you know, as they climb the ranks and you're obviously undefeated. I should have said you're the, the number five ranked um, amateur New York MMA fighter at 135 and the number 10 ranked top 10, number 10 ranked in all of Northeast United States. So obviously you're climbing quickly. You haven't even been, you haven't even fought for two years and you're looking to go pro with under two years um, at the amateur level. So clearly you're climbing. But one of the things I think our listeners forget because we watch so much of like the full-time pro guys at UFC and Bellator is that we forget that particularly at the amateur level, you look, you look, you have a, a, a lady, a kid on the way, a full-time job. You're working nights. You're, you're training during the day. It's a lot to balance when you're not getting paid for it. And so, um, obviously, I think that it, it, it shows your dedication um, and, and also getting injured, having that wrist injury before you even fight, being dedicated to go through there is great. So, um, for you, you, you said that you, you want this to be a full-time job. You want it to support, obviously, your kid. That's all the way you want to support it. Um, what, do you, what do you still want to learn in your journey? Uh, say that again? What do you well, want to well, learn? Well, obviously, you've talked about what you want to accomplish, and I think it's great to have your goals set, you know, getting to UFC, UFC caliber fights. The CFFC has a great pedigree of, you know, obviously matching you up against good opponents to, that, that show your, your skill and your skill set. But what, what are you looking to learn about yourself and, and maybe in the sport of MMA? Man, I'm, I'm still growing, man. I'm only 22 years old. Yeah. Uh, I had to grow up pretty fast, actually, uh, the last couple of years, man. So uh, sure. I'm still learning, uh, learning how to be a father soon, uh, learning just to be a good man all around. That's what uh, MMA is teaching me. Um, mm -hmm. And so far as the sport, man, I had so much to learn. I, I've only been in this sport for three years. I've only been doing mm -hmm. MMA, so... I'm still a purple belt. I have lost way, way more stuff to learn as a purple belt before I even get my black belt or thinking about getting my black belt. Um, striking, there's always new stuff coming out, new styles. So there's sure. always room to uh, learn and improve. So I'm looking forward. No one's ever completed. So Absolutely. And that's probably the, the humbling aspect of MMA. I think sometimes viewers watch MMA and they see the celebrations and obviously the emotion and the excitement, which is all very, a good part of it. But there's such a humility because if you don't have humility in training MMA, you won't push yourself. You won't train. You won't go up against the Pat Sabatini's in the gym. You won't, you won't challenge yourself. And then that'll show. And a lot of times at the highest level guys accomplish right up until uh, they're, they're willing to not be humble. And as soon as you're not humble in training, you're going to be humbled in, uh, in the cage. I always okay. say that if you're not humbled, in training, you're going to be humbled in a fight, and if you're and if you're don't want to be humbled in a fight, you, you need to be humbled in a gym. So, also, that's really fast to in under three years to get your purple belt. Um, so obviously you've really dedicated yourself to the jujitsu too, which I think is 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 really shows your your level of dedication, which is which is great. Yeah, man, I agree with you because uh, sometimes you know people get a little carried away. Even everyone, man, even I do sometimes, and then. Sure. I go in the gym and patch there, and it's like, oh, hold up. <laughs> I don't think I'm that good anymore. Or I even had the pleasure of sparring with some USC guys. Like, I got around okay. him with Sean Brady, 
couple of rounds in uh, Paul yeah. Elder. Uh, Jeremiah Wells, another big name. I actually got the sure. first from uh, Neil Magny. He came into the wow. gym one time. Um, Daryl Haysher, I scored with him when he comes in sure. Philly. He's a great training partner, too. There's sure. a lot of great guys coming there, man, and you got to be humble. If not, they, they, they'll show you real quick. <laughs> so, well, that's also a great shout-out. That's a great shout-out to a bunch of uh, Philly I know Sean Brady just – I don't think he's fought in the UFC yet. I think he's just signed. He was a, a dominant, still undefeated, 170-pound champ for CFFC. He's a Philly kid, obviously, um, at this point. Um, some of those other guys have been in the UFC a little bit longer. But, yeah, I mean, Philly produces a lot of – it's got a lot of great gyms, a lot of great fighters coming out of Philly. Um, and you're absolutely right. I think a big part of you as a man – and congrats again on, on becoming a dad – but you as a man is to – having a baby is going to humble you. You're never going to – you're never going to – it's it's incredible what a 10-pound little screaming child at 3 a.m. – well, you'll be at work, I guess. But at some point, a little, a little uh, child is going to humble you just – in, in, in the thing of in the thing of life, but to uh, to quote a guy that that actually just made a huge UFC splash and is a local Pittsburgh fighter um, from where I based out of, um, comma the Death Star worthy who just uh, a couple weeks ago flew out to California got a huge knockout of the night bonus and big underdog win um, on three days notice it was a great story but anyhow he recently had a baby um, on, on in during his last couple uh, title fights for two for seven fighting championships and he was saying and I think it's a great thing to point out to you he was saying that it's made him better because he realizes that everything in life that makes him tougher and stronger will help him in the cage. So having to be disciplined as a dad, having to be somebody who's responsive and kind and caring and nurturing and dedicated to being a father makes him a better fighter because that, that hones him as a person. And, and that's a, and that's a great attitude to have as you're walking your young kid, as you're walking towards becoming a father that even on the days where the, the little, the, the, the little baby uh, might be challenging, it also builds you up as a person, which is the only thing you can really do in life is grow yourself as a person. Well, well, William, obviously it's been great having you on. Um, I would love to see you uh, get that, get that debut fight in November. Hopefully CFC, um, CFC puts that together. Um, how do you want to end this? Do you want to end it on thank yous? Do you want do you have shout outs that you want to thank people? Obviously I think we're going to look to have you back in, back on the podcast, either right before your pro debut or maybe right after your pro debut. So um, it, it's been great having you. Um, let's end it on, on, on you giving shout outs to, to people you want to thank. Yeah. Uh, just real quick. I agree with you though, uh, about that last thing you just said, uh, like sure. uh, pushes you to do better. Cause mm. I grew up in poverty. I was homeless before. Yeah. And I just want better for my kid, you know. So I'm fighting for my kid every time I step in there. Uh, and my and my girlfriend, my family, like, doing it for them. And I just want to give out a shout-out to uh, my teammates, uh, mm -hmm. my coaches, John, Mike, Daniel Gracie, and uh, Rob, and CFFC, man. So hopefully you get me on that card in November. And we just keep going from there. I want to get at least three, three, four fights in max a year. You know, stay active. Okay. Most sure. possible, stay healthy. So, you definitely, definitely keep an eye out for me because I'm coming. <laughs> oh, we will, we will be. One of the things I love about doing the podcast is it gets me connected to people that are before the UFC. You know, sometimes as as fans of the sport, we we miss some of the best part, the amateur fight 
um, level, the, the low pro fight level where guys are three, you know, three fights into their pro career, that that's a beautiful time for development. And usually you don't really see a fighter till they're 10 or more fights in to their pro career, much less their amateur career. But I don't want to gloss over, William, you brought it up a couple of times, obviously. You mentioned that you, you almost, you had a situation where you almost died, that you made some bad decisions on the street, that you were homeless. And so um, I've actually, I'm a professional mental health counselor. That's what I do in my full-time job. And so I've had, I had a, a, a low local Philly kid, um, Johnny Piperetch. I don't know if you'd know him, but he was a local Philly kid. He got into heroin, um, kind of ruined his life, obviously. Now he's in recovery. Came on the show just to talk about changing his life, you know, and, and the benefits of recovery and, and, and becoming a man. He hasn't fought in a while now, but, um, you know, he, he, a fight and a win is never more important than who you are as a man. And, and I think that um, I'd love to, I'd love to have you on the podcast maybe sometime and just talk about some of the hardships because you've, you've been alluding to it, but, you know, talk about some of the hardships and, and what led you to overcome them. Because I think um, that's more important as a person, particularly who you are as a, as a father, as a boyfriend, as a, as a son, as a person, um, as a man, than, than just whether or not you're, you're winning and losing. But to, to end it on that note, because you, you brought up some big things, what, what made the biggest turnaround in your life? What led you to kind of change your direction and, and make, I would say more mature, if I can use that word, more healthy and more mature decisions for your life? Just the the guidance of my coaches, man. Like mm. when I was going through rough patches, that like they even let me stay in the gym for a while. Like so, the, just the mm. guidance of my teammates and my coaches, like sure. definitely helped me out. Because uh, sometimes, even to this day, sometimes I get off track. My coach, he he, one of my coaches, is like uh, a close. I look at him as a father, like so. Mm. You know, he sometimes he has to slap you in the back of the head, like yo, what are you doing? Like let's go focus. So. Uh, well, that's beautiful. Around, yeah. yeah, and it's important and, uh, yeah, to see sure, that. Definitely come back on uh, another time. Yeah, and we can talk about my life. You know, me. That would be great. Yeah, for sure. That'd be great to have you back on and do more of a more of a personal journey. So, William, thanks so much for being on the podcast for our listeners. Follow him on all the social medias. The William Tucker is his name. It's been great having you on. We wish you the best. Uh, best wishes, obviously, on having the baby and then also making your pro, pro debut. Thanks so much for everyone listening to this edition of MMA FanCast.